You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fathoms podcast. Today it is just Seth and I. Drew is enjoying a wonderful weekend. Um, I think it's in like Southern Indiana or something like that. There's like, there's water and there's rocks. And he said camping. Yeah. So I, happy for that him. Seems, that seems wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd hop on here and just talk a little bit about meditation and uh, something that uh, I'm sure you're hearing a lot about, not only with COVID, but all the, the protests and the just a lot of the stress that's happening in our world right now. Mm-hmm. So many people are talking about awareness, they're talking about meditation, they're talking about taking time for yourself many, many different things. And so we thought maybe we should back up a little bit and give you what is meditation at the very basic level? Why should we meditate and how? So Abram, uh, tell me about your own journey when it comes to uh, meditation and and those sort of practices. What what has been your journey in using these sort of tools? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, depending on what, how we're addressing what meditation is here, uh, I think we'll get into this in a second. I, I want to name a few things, but as as far as like a practice of meditation goes, um, it's always been in the back of my mind, uh, sort of the idea of the value of it and and knowing what it could, uh, how it could benefit me, and it's just been one of those things that you put a, put off and you put off and you, yeah. you never you never really get to. Uh, and uh, really, only actually in this season, uh, as I would like you were saying, I think a lot of people probably um, have I started a more serious practice, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. But I think it's been it's been uh, pretty helpful in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. What about you, that's man? Great. I would say, I mean, it started off um, just started hearing about a lots of different people that did it, and. Um, the health benefits and, and all these other sure. things. And I just self press guy. At first, yeah, self press here. Um, so lots of the people that I respected did it. And I'm just like, all right, fine, I'll give it a shot. So I actually, I think if I remember right, I started off with uh, the Headspace app, oh, which yeah. I know a lot of people are familiar with. Um, and so I did that for a while and just really started to enjoy it. It became a part of my morning routine, which is something, if anyone knows me, is highly important and you may not disturb it. Um, (laughs) And uh, anyways, so I've found it to be such a lifesaver. um, And it's it's just kind of grown from there, different different practices um, and, and ways to keep adding different forms of meditation and awareness throughout my everyday. Yeah. Um, whether it's in the morning or the evening. Well, yeah. Should we hit what? Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into what. What cool. do you got for that? Yeah. Um, so my hope with this this recording um, largely is, is to kind of expand the idea of what this is, uh, you know, to put some more, some legs to it. But but ultimately, you know, what really what I think of, me- of meditation as is, the cultivation of our capacity for presence. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the word, you know, it comes from French and Latin words that I'm not going to try and pronounce, but, you know, to med- meditate, 
is, as you would assume, it basically means to think and reflect on something. Mm-hmm. And I and I read in the in the etymology that to meditate or contemplate something is. Uh, I love the language. It says uh, to have a sort of devout preoccupation with that thing. Ooh. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so basically, to meditate on something. Uh, is is to consistently direct and give your attention to something, or or you could say then that your mind becomes full of that thing which you give your attention to, and I think that's actually where the idea of mindfulness comes from. You know, yeah. So so I would say that to practice meditation then, or to have a meditation practice, is actually um, I don't know to kind of have a a, a a sort of committed training and being more mindful and aware. The Thomas Keating, he's this Trappist monk that passed away f- recently, a few years ago. But he, he said, um, contemplation is when interior silence morphs into presence. Say that one more time. Contemplation is when interior silence morphs into presence. How's that hit you? Mm, yeah. I think, so I was just listening to a podcast yesterday, how really meditation and being in the moment and presence is about subdividing the moment until you come and you sit on that line of what is present um, Mm. and what is happening. Yeah. And you can keep subdividing and keep subdividing. And the more you practice that contemplativeness of subdividing your time, from the past and the future and, and bringing it into a focused point of now, um, that's when you start um, really finding how really how much you're missing. Um, and then finding that presence is full of, the present is full of so many things um, and so many things, so many things are there and so many things are not there, good and bad. Mm. Yeah, uh, t- yeah, I love that, man. I I think the idea, of, at least how I read that quote from Keating, is it's 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 sort of our ability um, to to be present is always there waiting for us. Like silence, right. silence is is uh, is is ever present, right? If if we can be quiet, quiet, and you know, then we can we can uh, un- like detach from these sort of stories that we've got running in our brains, mm-hmm. and and find this. This presence. Yeah, it's a it's a cultivating. When you think of cultivating, like just take a garden for instance, um, and the things are the things that you've planted, whether whether weeds or vegetables or fruit or whatever. Cultivating is is practicing going out there and surveying what is there and what needs to go and what needs to stay and what mm-hmm. needs to. What needs to grow some more and to practice that cultivation of what is what is here, what is there is is in 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 very simplistic terms, that is meditation. What is here and just observing it and yeah. then then going beyond and uh, picking that fruit or getting rid of those weeds. So um, another thing that I was thinking about that could be helpful to at least name two other components of how I see meditation is, to me, there seems to be like uh, a sort of active part of uh, meditation and more of a receptive piece of it as well. So the action mm-hmm. is, you know, our practicing of it. It's, it's, it's doing it. It's uh, reflecting. It's going into, it's seeing something um, 
beyond the uh, the conceptual idea of something you know it's the act the action of it is practicing it but the receptive mm. part is the pr- the part of the practice um where we give consent to receive deeper truth about ourselves so it's it's mm. kind of where we get below our conditioned worldview that being said i think it's important to note that if we if we can expand the parameters a bit like i like i said a little bit earlier you know meditation isn't just a scheduled set aside time in the day in the day right mm-hmm. um i would call that your meditation practice but you can meditate anytime right mm-hmm. so right. yeah so meditation is it's also that that consciously chosen um moment after moment when you're practicing breathing deeper than your normal patterned response and when you when you uh i don't know put your attention on the like these these conditioned stories in your mind that that keep you stuck in playing an unhealthy role or believing a lie about mm. yourself. Um, but yeah, observing those stories, like you said, and and choosing not to identify with that role. To me, meditation, I think it's helpful to see it as that we're aiming f- uh, for more than just once in a day, but mm-hmm. are increasing our capacity to be mindful in as many, many moments as possible. But you know, the thing is, is that that one potential set aside time opens you up to be able to do it more and more without throughout the day you know right yeah i think the tricky part is um a lot of times we there's there's a fine line between um observing what is and we can easily trick ourselves into uh seeing a projection of the present moment versus what actually is the present moment yeah um for example if you go outside um, and just take a look around, you see a lot of things. Uh, you may see several trees, and then maybe you see one tree. But to stop for a moment and, and, and see the tree for the tree and not just the concept of the tree. Like we all, if as a child, we said to draw a tree, well, we'd, we'd make the trunk and then... And then we'd like do little swirls at the top to make a tree. That is that is like a, an example of a concept of a tree. It's a projection of a tree, but it's not an actual tree. But when you're able to go up to this specific tree in your backyard, able to see it, able to on some level, um, uh, there's almost like a first. There's like this giving and taking where where the tree is on some level offering information to you. And you are kind of reflecting that information back onto the tree. And then as you move forward and you start um, experiencing a little bit more of uh, less binary information interaction, and it becomes more about just experiencing the tree as the tree that it is, and, and you not trying to make it into something, um, it just more becomes an experience. Uh, yeah. in, in an exchange and a, a flow, some would say, um, where you're not just seeing a conceptual tree, yeah. you're seeing the actual tree. Alan Watts says, uh, we are often so caught up in our concepts that we end up actually not seeing anything. Yeah, I love that quote, man. I think that's really beautiful and, and it makes a lot of sense. It, it's inter- it's funny to me that uh, we both had the analogy of 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 the tree. I was going to talk a little bit about that, which it feels like we're, we're maybe moving into the why, um, kind of the yeah. why of why meditate, because it, it helps you actually like 
like we mentioned earlier, get beyond um, our filtered experience, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I was just thinking along with the tree analogy, you know, if our, if our presence is being enhanced by meditation, so is our ability to receive things and encounter them as they actually are. And instead of like you said, like mental concepts. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting um, how our brains are wired for survival reasons, but, but because we're, receiving infinite bits of bits of information all the time like we have to have shortcuts in our brain and so we're literally we're literally conditioned to overlook something if our brain already gets it so Mm -hmm. like when i i I do this thing with my kids and this was going to be a a how practice potentially for for later um i do this thing with my kids you know when we when we're walking outside, I ask them if they, I used to say, do you want to experience something with dad? But now I just ask them if they want to do the the, the five senses. And so we name the five senses. Uh, but then while we're outside, I ask them to, to listen for something that they wouldn't normally hear if they didn't slow down, if they didn't hmm. meditate. I'm not asking them to meditate, but you know, uh, and what, what are they, what can they see if we stop at a tree? What can you see right now? Because you stop to pause and look at it and really see what's here that you wouldn't have seen if you would have just mm. walked by, you know? So this is yeah. this is meditation, and this is, again, one of the gifts. But uh, backtracking a little bit, I think, um, yeah, to, to, to bring in a little bit of the Enneagram into this, because this is, a, is an Enneagram podcast. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's an there's a article that I was reading a little while back from a guy's name that I'm going to botch, but it's, it's a Subhuti Anand. And he says okay. the Enneagram's <laughs> he says the Enneagram's deepest value lies within the context of meditation. He says that mm. that that is the turning point at which self-understanding becomes spiritual transformation. And he's mm. making the, the case, I think, for how uh, insight into our habits does us no good if we can't learn to become aware of when we're in the trance of our habit. So this is this mm. is why we I think we need a meditation. Um is because nobody can claim to beat their own heartbeat, you know, or have to keep their attention right. on their lungs to breathe. This, you know, neuroscientists mm-hmm. say that uh, it's estimated that ninety percent of our brain activity runs on autopilot. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's the subconscious yeah. and the unconscious, and so we're conscious of only ten percent potentially of our cognitive mm. activity. We don't know what we don't know, right? And so meditation can right. show us what we don't know about ourselves. And I'm sure our listeners have heard us say in multiple different ways on multiple different episodes that the Enneagram is basically useless outside of practice. Yeah. If there isn't some level of practice and intention and presence and awareness, then all you're doing is learning a bunch of facts about something that tends to relate to the universe <laughs> and to the universe inside of you. And so why why should you meditate or or why should you cultivate awareness well it's it's the whole point of the enneagram it is to show yeah. the ways that we are unconscious and totally. so without it being coupled with the enneagram then it's it's really just um it's a fool's errand it does nothing and it's it like, just further entrenches the thing and the patterns that you are programmed to just keep living out if right. not addressed Right. Was it Lee Fields in our initial opening uh, uh, trailer that said it's like getting a gift, like a present that you right. never opened? Yeah. And that makes so much yeah. sense, you know. Um, yeah. So, so 
basically, you know, like I was saying, we're because of how our brains work, we're we're basically conditioned to lose our ability to stay present. And and uh, you know, this is where Achazo, Oscar Achazo, um, basically, he you know he knew of the the Christian monastics and the seven deadly sins, right? And then plus two, and so he mapped the around the enneagram with the seven the nine nine deadly sins basically and uh um yeah so 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 uh basically if meditation is about building your attentional muscle uh and so cultivating your capacity for presence so is the enneagram because it shows you how you leave presence you know it's nine ways that we contract yeah. our awareness because the monk that's what yeah. the monks were about they were trying to they discovered the deadly sins to figure out what caused me to leave the presence of god what what kept me from being able to stay present? Another Watts, Alan Watts quote, uh, just popped into my mind, and it, something along the lines of, uh, "We are so tied up in our minds that we have lost our senses." Hmm. And there's uh, our, our senses, and our senses. I mean, if you just think on somatically speaking, an easy way to illustrate this is, I, I mean, if you've ever, um, <laughs> if you've ever gone outside after a long winter. And taking your sh- your socks and shoes off, and it's it's spring. The birds are chirping, the the sun is out, and you step onto that grass with your bare foot, bare feet for the first time in months. How much that is such an a, a it's not a new feeling, but it is a feeling that you haven't felt in a while, and it does bring you. It draws it draws the attention um, to your feet because it's mm. it's such a new sensation. Right. And so when we're so caught up in our minds and our con- and our concepts and our projections and in the ways we we want to be perceived or we want the world how we we want how we want the world to be perceived then we end up losing some really really crucial information hmm. um when we're not able to stop and really feel the grass underneath our feet Totally, man. And, and I think that somatic piece is, is one of, you know, when we get into the, like the how of, of, of practice, you know, some, it's often about following your breathing. Um, because this breathing is the thing that's always going on, whether you recognize it or not, but it, it connects you to your, your, your physicality, your soma, mm-hmm. which is what never leaves. It's always here in the present. It's our, 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 mm-hmm. um, fixated minds, and uh, hearts that that tend to be in the past or the future, you know. So, yeah, right. yeah. I think it's a uh, Michael Naylor that says something along the lines of sensation. So if you like squeeze your fists and then you you let go and you feel like sense into that physical that physicality in your hands, that sensation mm-hmm. is the doorway to presence. Anyway, another another why of meditation, I would say, is that it, it sort of builds inside of us this this uh, this grounding. And I think of that that uh, that quote from Viktor Frankl: "Between stimulus and response, there's a space." And you know that space is our, our where our power to choose and our freedom is at. And so meditation helps us expand that space. And the more space we have mm-hmm. in between. Um, stimulus and response, the more ability we, we have to consciously respond instead of mindlessly react, you know, mm-hmm. it, but, but it also like, I think of uh, that space also with that space also comes emotional regulation. And sometimes it's named this window of tolerance. You're a bit, you're, you're, 
your ability for stamina to 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 uh, to feel something, but not uh, to stay grounded, even though you're feeling the intensity of a thought or emotion, and to stay grounded in what's true yeah. and not attach previously conditioned stories to that thing and go you know down the trajectory of <laughs> of that craziness again. You know that's what keeps right. everybody so stuck in things. And again, this this is why meditation is so important is because we don't know we don't we don't realize how often we're doing this every day mm. all the time but this but the the serious like practice of it can help us begin to start seeing that and putting some distance in between yeah. us and the stories right yeah kind of going self-prez here a little bit but i was listening to a podcast um the other day and they were talking about um so not only just, not only our posture, I mean, there's so many people um, have like what's called like forward shoulder or, mm. um, and, and coupled with that is, it, it, it's a funny name, but it's called nerd neck, nerd neck, mm. um, where you kind of like, uh, almost like it looks like a goose. It's like your, your head is, is trailing out of line ahead of your body. Right. So this this sort of like forward shoulder where your chest is caved in and and your neck is extended, it's it's a more relaxed. We've trained our body to think that this is the this is the most efficient position, but that's why we have shoulder pain. That's why why we have back pain and neck pain, and it really actually does. It affects your physiology. It affects how your brain functions. There's a ton of that. And then on top of that, how we breathe. So many of us are, there's a huge amount of us that are automatic mouth breathers. And they did this study. Some some dude actually did like two weeks where he put plugs up his nose and just <laughs> just did mouth breathing um, for two weeks straight or some, some link, something along those lines. And huh. the, the massive amount of uh, poor health things that happen to him like blood pressure and just just general irritability and all this other stuff would come up and so many of us are chronic mouth breathers it affects just so much of our just general health so even becoming aware of what's your posture where are you breathing from and and is it through your nose or through your mouth and the nose is is the preferred way for many many scientific and health reasons but um so it's it's not it is about emotions and and thoughts mm -hmm. and those sort of things but it also has such a large somatic piece of like what is your body doing right now yeah. are you are you cowering in fear are you trying to protect yourself um or are you are you trying to assert yourself and get something done or or scare someone off um, and why are you doing that? And I think those are those are the moments, like not only observing your thoughts and emotions, but observing your automatic instinctive body posture, how incredibly important it is to do that as well. I love that, man. I, I, you're so right. The body keeps the score, as it said, you know, and the body, the body always knows. And I think, you know, from an instinctual standpoint, it's it's the thing that reacts before you realize cognitively what's happening, right? So you're you're uh yeah there's there's so much about if you just even attend to your physicality for for 30 seconds it might even tell you hmm what's what's happening in my heart am i closed off like you can mm. see your you know you can see your 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 posture your body posture right i think you're so right on yeah. man and the way these the heart and the and the and the uh 
the mind and the body are informing each other so, so deeply oh, so intermingled. Yeah. And we compartmentalize these things way too often. But but I think reasons yeah. to, to meditate, you know, just like you're saying from, from a practical level on, I, you know, I read a few articles on this just to, to get, a, get a sense of why it, why it would maybe be uh, inspiring or, or uh, intriguing for just somebody that maybe sees it as uh, like another thing that I got to just sit down and, and just be quiet. And uh, right. it just, just seems ridiculous, you know. Uh, so studies, study after study after study show that it reduces stress and anxiety. It uh, improves mood and, and working memory. Uh, it improves your focus. It prevents relapse of depression. It can help increase emotional intelligence as well as just like we've been talking about uh, awareness and uh, resilience. So there's mm. just so many practical uses for this. Uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't talk enough about that actually. Yeah. Another way to think about it is um, why should you do that? Well, why for, if, for those of you that have, children or just have a best friend or, or someone that you love dearly bring them to mind and when they are stressed out when they are hurt when they're angry when they when they need something what do you do you go there and you hold space for them so why can't you do that to yourself why can't mm. you do that for yourself that's good um holding space for yourself to process for your inner child to be able to speak up and to be listened to and yeah it's going to sound really silly and and some of the things your inner child says is like oh gosh like get over yourself but but it's but you have to be compassionate and you have to hold that space in order for healing actual healing um permanent healing to to even begin yeah yeah there's a reason and i'm just riffing you know there's a reason why um these uh I don't know what you want to call them, uh, deeper sort of techniques within uh, therapy work like EMDR or brain spotting. Uh, it's because the the therapist is, you know, they're kind of, the, you know, I'm not going to get into the actual techniques of it, but, but they're actually holding the space for you so that you can allow uh, your yourself to bring up the intensity of the emotion that you experienced back when it actually happened, but mm -hmm. to, to know it, but to know actually what's, what's true of you is that you're okay. And the, yeah. the therapist holds that space for you. And so you're actually able to process it and move past it and no longer be, be in such yeah. control, be controlled by it as much anymore, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's so much about, I mean, that's, that's a form of like meditating, uh, somebody meditating on your behalf almost, you know, but it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, I think for me, lastly, I would say maybe from a spiritual uh, standpoint, you know, I think a really practical way to actually deepen our faith or trust, if you will, is, um, you know, with, with each time of, of practice, it's, a, it's like dropping an anchor inside and uh, strengthening our little P presence, if you will, to the capital P presence. Mm. Um, it's a way of like reconnecting uh, ourselves, our, our identity into the truest parts of who we are as, as being loved, you know? So meditation, it really helps you declutter what's in the way of, of, uh, your soul coming forward, um, and actually experiencing, um, 
you know, like what we're supposed to experience yeah. from a soulless from yeah. a soulish place. But but you could you right. could kind of say, and this is a little nerdy, and I can un- unpack it if you want. But I also just kind of want to leave it here. But you could say that meditation is <laughs> is what allows for our ontological mooring. You know, on, ontological, what is being, what's truest of us. And then mooring, it's kind of the, it's sort of a, a ship uh, sailing term. It's uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're like grounding, grounding into like the, what do you call it? The, well, mooring is just, is tying off at the pier. It's tying yeah, off. It's, there you it's go. finding that, that grounded space of um, security of, yeah, maybe the waves are going all crazy, but I'm tied to the pier and I'll, I'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and it, I think that's, yeah. that's why, I mean, if, if anyone had, if anyone has listened to the meditations that I've done thus far, uh, that's why there's, uh, there's so much language about, Hey, what's, what's happening right here. And yeah, maybe you feel scared, you feel sad, you feel angry, but, um, those things that you are feeling sad, angry and, and fearful about what, are they happening right now? Give give mm-hmm. yourself permission to just give it a second. Like give you have permission to shut off the past and the future, the potential and what has happened. And just you can just experience right now. And what's happening right now is you're probably sitting safely and comfortably in your room without anyone else in there without anyone else talking to you. So what's happening right now and you are safe and you are you are loved and you are valued and all those things, right? Um, I think, I, I, just even thinking back to, um, I don't remember if this was the introduction episode or when this was exactly, but um, I was talking about uh, when I was working with my songwriting coach and he, he mentioned, um, it's the weather, not, not the landscape. Mm. And I think that, in closing on my on my end is that to me is meditation it's observing the weather but being connected to the landscape yeah and no matter what's happening hey you're still you're still on the ground you're still right here and safe feeling the grass beneath your feet How? How? How indeed. <laughs> so many hows. I think for me, starting very simply, right? Meditation doesn't need to be 15 minutes or an hour long or awareness, right? It, it can just be watching a, a leaf fall from the tree to the ground. And that that is you observing what is and, and not being disconnected from what's happening. So everything from from something as simple as that or when you take your first sip of coffee in the morning or when you make your bed or just like feel the feel the sheets as you as you tuck it in right and and feel the warmth of the coffee mug and taste taste as many flavors as you can as you take that first sip of coffee like there's a million ways to just bring yourself back into the moment um so there's there's those small ways um but for me, there's just there's there's the classic meditation, like the sitting meditation, right? But um, for some, taking a walk uh, with no phone is is probably can can be a much better, <laughs> uh, easier way to meditate, where you are you're looking around, you're smelling, you're sensing, you're feeling, 
Um, so walking meditations and, and then there's breath work. There's just, there's a million different modalities on, on ways to become present and to meditate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're talking about like you were kind of naming the, the semi difference there, but learning to meditate as in like having a, a practice that you do in the morning or whatever, it's really like mm-hmm. learning in any other skill. I think, you know, it's, it's like exercising the muscle that you've never really worked out before. Maybe it's not something that comes super easy in the beginning, but like anything that uh, is, I think semi life changing, uh, it takes practice, you know? So that's yeah. what, that's what all of this really, really is about. Um, yeah, but for me, you know, something that I have done in the past is maybe like having an alarm in your phone that just mm. says, look for your patterns. And, and, uh, we know what our patterns are because that's what the Enneagram tells us, mm-hmm. you know, that's the gift of par- partnering these two things, uh, a present practice, uh, with knowing what your, how you might on habitual, how about how you might habitually show up. So, you know, maybe you, you could say like one helpful thing is to, you know, after you have a thought, <laughs> just mm. notice that after you have a thought, inquire about that thought after the fact and ask yourself, huh, w- was that thought flavored by, you know, depending on your type, um, was that thought flavored by power or the distortion of power or peace or the distortion of peace and so on? You know, but it's it's really about practicing paying attention to what you pay attention to so that mm-hmm. you can begin to see maybe a good way to, to recognize if we're doing the work of, of pulling our 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 uh, lens, our our enneagrammatic lens away from our ourselves is to is is how often in a day we're able to see the the previous way we would, would react or respond in a situation. Right. And if we're not Oof. seeing that, I wonder if we're not just swimming in our worldview and our in the water that we've swam in our whole lives. Mm. And so we're just that might be the uh, really great example of well, I'm filtering everything. I'm not actually how mm-hmm. how truly am I encountering and experiencing uh, what's in front of me because it's filtered through what I've always filtered things through. You know. Okay, let's say that you're you're we've convinced you right. It's time to to try to do to cultivate a practice to um, observe your patterns in, in as many ways as you can um, how does one actually begin how what's the what's the cues what's the how do you how do you go about those things and yeah. um, just I mean a very basic formula right where sit down and, and get comfortable and then um, take a few deep breaths and then just start paying attention to your breath where the sensation bodily sensations um is is the is the gate into presence as someone says i'm sure seth knows it. did you did you use that quote i did okay michael naylor yeah as different thoughts emotions sensations come up I, I've, I've heard it i forget who said this but it's it's almost like um think of it as taking a a feather and just lightly touching it as as a acknowledgement and then just a, a gentle dismissal of that emotion or that that thought not to ignore it but to first acknowledge it and then dismiss it um, and then return back to that breath yeah um, there's this story of this uh, this person who was really frustrated that they could not 
meditate. They would sit there for hours upon hours, and and they would just constantly be um, be distracted and taken away. And so they approached their teacher and just like, help me! I can't! I can't do this! I I sit there for so long and. It seems as if a thousand times a minute I'm being distracted. And the teacher said, well, isn't that wonderful? A thousand times to get to practice meditation. Hmm. Where it's not the thing, meditation is not the thing where um, practicing meditation is that thing in the middle where you're, where you're recognizing your distractedness and you're returning to presence. Yes. So meditation is the is is the is the thing where oh I'm distracted coming back, right? Right. The, the coming back is the meditation. The repetition, the thing, yeah, yeah. The repetition yeah, yeah. The of thing, returning is what builds your stamina. Exactly, of of being able to stay in the present. Right. So I think that's a really important distinction that a lot of people will get frustrated with if they don't necessarily they can't necessarily. <laughs> keep themselves from being distracted or thinking thoughts or feeling things it's it's quite quite normal it's just the practice it's just the practice yeah. it's not a ultimate goal you're trying to reach for some enlightened place mm-hmm. yeah it's just mm-hmm. the practice of returning yep yeah exactly. it's good man maybe a, a couple other ways that i i like to mix it up every once in a while and um do some different practices as just sometimes like sitting there and and returning to the breath just it's harder to sit down and do that so like i mentioned taking a walk um and observing different things along the walk and stopping and looking at a leaf or something like that Um, but there's also things like candle meditation where you light a candle and you just watch the flame as it dances um and just focus all all of your energy all of your all of your focus towards that one thing there's also um, sometimes I'll go to a river or just someplace really quiet and I'll just sit there and I'll listen and I'll sometimes even close my eyes and, and kind of paint the the audio picture of, of what's happening around me. I start to find the different frequencies, whether it's the low rumble of thunder coming or or a waterfall in the distance and then... You also have like the high chirps of the birds and the wind in the trees and, and all of it, all those frequencies are happening at the same time. And it, it, it's, it is drawing your attention to the things that are happening that you often just, you totally miss um, because you're so just inside of yourself. Something that I, I remember um, came out of, sort of an organic practice that came out of uh, my phone dying and I had to go on a trip, a long trip, and I didn't know where I was going. I was in the mountains. And I just, I, <laughs> I remember uh, I didn't know where I was, and I was literally lost. I was, I was actually driving were, to meet you. Yeah, you were coming to pick me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was terrifying. Yeah, and I didn't know if I'd make it. Uh, but <laughs> I just remember, I didn't have mm. the distraction of whatever is the sound or the podcast in the car. I started to take notice of my... Uh, my my physicality a little bit more and I started to notice that literally anytime my focus went away my my uh, my stomach would contract mm. and so this sort of turned into a practice for me of where am I holding 
resistance in my body and then releasing that tension. Yeah. And for me, this reminds me of that quote we've said before on the podcast from Leslie Hirschberger, that your, your Enneagram type is both your uh, opening to love and your obstacle to love. And to, to me, you know, the Enneagram type, it does show up in your, your, in your physicality as well. So really, in a lot of ways, this kind of can potentially show us for good reasons, you know, we learn to hold tension and we learn to resist against things for good reasons because of survival. Like we're conditioned for, uh, to, to be, to be safe, you know, which is really, really beautiful, Mm -hmm. good thing. But in a lot of ways, I I don't need to be holding that tension anymore, potentially, you know? Right. And so I can start to practice, uh, noticing where I'm holding it and releasing it. It's, it's, it's often showing me where I'm resisting against. Really what I'm trying to get at with the, the Leslie quote is that, you know, our, the conditioned side of our enneotype is, is trying to co-opt the moment to make it what it, what it, what it needs uh, it to be for us. You know, what feels safe yeah. and what feels normal and what, what uh, all these emotions, these, these uh, emotions and thoughts, uh, you know, in the flavor of my type, Give me my self-image, my self-concept. And yeah, we've 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 obviously addressed a lot of different ways in which uh, you can practice awareness, practice presence, practice meditation, and um, we'll definitely include resources as well as maybe some suggestions and ideas um, for different ways that you can you can practice being here and observing what is. Um, so, Abram, any other final words before we before we sign off here? Um, yeah, no, this has been fun. I, I would say that I have felt the absence of our counterpart, yes. our co-host, Drew. <laughs> Indeed. He's been missed Indeed. in this conversation. Um, yeah. We you felt know, the I, absence, I, but we also really don't need him. I mean, that's, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Drew. Bye, Drew. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I would just say... Hmm, profound. Silence. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, friends, thanks so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of Fathoms and Enneagram podcast. Um, Be here. Be present. You are enough. You are whole. You are loved. You are okay right now. We love you so much. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths one fathom at a time. Truthwork Media Studios.